This podcast highlights our personal opinions and does not represent the views of the Department of History and Political Science and Andrews University. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Don't Quote Me But podcast. And so for today, our topic or theme is about history. And it more goes into the fact of how does one embrace your history, whether it has cultural ties, you know, regional ties, historical ties. That's kind of the question that we're trying to get into. And many of, you know, all the people here that are participating have their own views and opinions about it. And particularly also... Since this is being recorded in, what's this, February? February 22? Yeah, it is still Black History Month. So some of some of our perspectives are go- also going to align into um, what is Black History Month as well. So let, let's start this off with um, this question. How do you embrace your history without disrespecting someone else's history? So an article that we read, in preparation for this podcast, maybe like a couple minutes ago, um, it deals with the South and their history. Now, in my experience, I am obviously wrong for believing this, but I didn't know that the South had a history other than slavery. But this article has enlightened me to now know that they do essentially have a history apart from slavery, right? But now what I'm interested in finding out is what exactly is that history? Like, how do you describe it? Because in my head, when I think of the South, I think of slavery. And then when I think of slavery, I think of what they did to the African-American. And, you know, that makes me upset. So I want to change the way I think about the South. Well, pretty much uh, like kind of commenting on how you kind of thought pretty much like the South didn't have more history than slavery. I mean, to be honest, a lot of uh, African-American people would kind of think the same if I asked them. Like, pretty much they <laughs> wouldn't even think the South has, like, their own type of recipes or any type of cultural type uh, celebratory stuff. I mean, this is kind of modern stuff that would go into mind. So, again, the question is now how, if I was from the South, now, how do I celebrate my culture without being disrespectful, right? Because as Stanley was saying, it's like, what what do they have? So now in my head, I'm thinking cornbread and collard greens and fried chicken. And I'm thinking, did that not come from the African-American now? So it's like, are they two different things or are they the same thing? Yeah, and it's hard to kind of diversify it because, well, since so many things have been integrated in today's society, we kind of lose track of which one originally went with which but yeah like if we were trying to like trace it back and like uh, kind of have our own self of worth sense of worth then we just pretty much like this is where I would kind of link it into why I don't exactly like celebrating Black History Month because basically it's limiting just history, which is all around in our, in like literally your whole body structure into one month. Like it should be a week like it originally was so that you could do it at any month 
for like a week. You could just kind of trace back your history, celebrate basically, try and <laughs> basically try and just make it more relevant to the time. Okay, we are gonna come back to that, but I still want to talk on the topic of like how. Do you personally celebrate your history without disrespecting someone else's history? For me, as an African American, um, I didn't really start celebrating my African Americanness <laughs> until college. So I would say it's unique to me. But we have so many different cultures here that I would love to hear the different perspectives. So uh, when it comes to the idea of embracing your own history or, or your heritage. This is something that sort of was always kind of important to me, uh, being someone who came from a very, very mixed background. Uh, on one hand, I am half Japanese. And so when you think about Japanese history, Japanese heritage, there's a really rich culture there that I always really wanted to associate with. Um, but at the same time, I would often meet other people who, you know, when they think of, you know, Japanese, they get a very different picture in their head because there have been multiple war crimes, right? So how do you reconcile um, one side of my heritage, which is very rich and beautiful, and another th side, which is about, you know, killing lots of people in horrific ma ma matters, right? And so I think a lot of the problems that people have is recognizing or coming to the point where they can recognize that just because something happened in your history doesn't mean, you know, you can't celebrate your history, but at the same time recognizing you need to be able to acknowledge that things, things happened and acknowledging that can help you sort of... Nope, now I've gone back to that one quote. <laughs> Crap. Forgot what was I saying. Yeah, because you, you like the sentiment of, like, once we acknowledge it, we can move past it, but that only works in certain senses. I, I can't really, in regards to embracing, I guess, American history, in a sense, until, like, I became a citizen, and then I, I felt like one can actually embrace it. Although I've lived here in this country for, like, how many years now? Um, I didn't really feel that it is really my, I guess, my, my view, my take to, to say these kinds of things. And also with the South, like, although I, I lived in Virginia for, like, for just, like, two years when I went to community college, like, I can't even um, fathom or, like, more like I could sense there's still a division over there in the South in regards to finding what their identity is because you, you still have a long history of, um, so many things that counteract and contradict each other, and you could still see that in today's society. Oh, for example, um, I had a friend who, I think he's still a Marine, maybe he's a Marine. Well, I still have a friend, he's still alive. Um, <laughs> he's a Marine, and he told me that one of his Marine brothers um, kind of, he had a Confederate flag, and he didn't necessarily understand what it stood for, I guess, what the African-American perspective is of what it stood for. The young man, he said, had never seen an African-American until he had joined the Marines. He lived in some, I don't know, corner of the United States. I don't remember. This was a couple years ago, and I just remembered it, believe it or not. So from this topic that we're talking about, what I understand from what he told me is he wanted to celebrate his history with the Confederate flag because he used it as a symbol of pride. Now, I would say most people in the North, when they see a Confederate flag, they don't think of pride with this sense of accomplishment. 
they think of pride with a sense of, um, I'm going to say war. Let's use war. It reminds most people of what slavery was and how detrimental it was to the society. But other people see it as their heritage. So I know we've been having discussions about it in the last couple of years about what the Confederate flag actually stands for and even tearing down statues of generals who are in the Confederate army. So those are different. That's a different perspective, I would say, on the Southern culture. So are we talking like, because the main, the main question was at first, um, you know, how do you embrace you know, your own history while not disrespecting the other, right? Mm. But we're talking here about, like, um, statues, monuments. How about the heritage, right? Let's talk Let's talk a little bit so- somewhere about that because what you have is, well, I could say for, for in the Philippines, like, of course, I being born in the Philippines, um, I was, of course, I, I embrace that heritage of being Filipino, right? And I bring... I I kept embracing it ever since I moved here to the States. It was only until, like, I became a citizen where I'd be like, hey, I I could actually include, um, you know, the story of America, right, the story of the U.S., you know, in my history. That that is now a part of me. That is my history that I'm going to associate myself with as well without excluding, you know, the the other history that I have already been a part of. And I don't know. I... I feel like it's more on like how people perceive or like how they view um, what their history is and that defies their reaction to someone else that views their their history completely different. And I think we see this in the whole embodiment of a statue because two people can look at one statue that represents a particular history and feel completely different, right? This is me sort of tying this to the story that I was supposed to tell about. um, It was actually a really big debate that was sparked a few years ago in South Africa about this um, particular colonialist. His name was Cecil John Rhodes. There was was a whole hashtag Rhodes must fall. His statue in particular, this beautiful bronze statue that was actually being defaced by the students who went to that school, the black students, because... Think about it. He was a colonialist, and we have this statue honoring, you know, every the the he founded the Cape, so honoring um, his accomplishments. But then, to the black students, he was it, he was the oppressor. He was the he, his history or the history that he represented was not a very fun time for their ancestors. So, why it sparked debate was because the Afrikaners, so white South Africans look to his statue because it's like um it's a cultural heritage of them it was like a rich um they they looked to his statue to represent the greatness of their own ancestry and but that's problematic because they're not really seeing how aspects of their history um i guess oppressed and affected um other peoples of color so it's kind of a tricky question because if I knew I was a descendant of uh, colonialists and oppressors and I know that my history um, is many things. It's not just that 
aspect I have to be respectful of other cultures I have to um, recognize that I cannot truly embody or sort of accept my um, culture and embrace it in the full awareness of its entirety without um, giving respect to yeah uh, yes but I like to make a point on when you said uh, windows uh, people decided to face the statue because of the history of him being an oppressor I mean in history that I mean think of the presidents of the United States it was for a long time that all those presidents well most of them pretty much held slaves and basically were in a way propagating the oppressment I mean the oppression and like only mitigating the amount of ways they would even like do it like think of Abraham Lincoln I mean Yes, he managed to sign the Emancipation Proclamation and pretty much give gateway to leading to a bit of freedom. But, like, he still had his own slaves. He, and I think there was even this one person who said, like, I remember his name, who said he would only release his slaves upon his death. I can't remember the name of him. But basically, wouldn't you think that it was only because those people, those presidents did such great achievements that basically the whole entire fact of them owning slaves just marked over and no one would criticize or ridicule them. But because I guess this other man's achievement of the statue wasn't as great as theirs, but even though he was doing the same thing they were doing, they personally marked him. Well, at the time it was normal to have slaves, right? So we're not we're not sort of judging uh, these these founders, these colonialists, um, for what they did during their time. We're just looking at the effects and how it's evolved. The history has evolved to today and what they represent today. So, like Cecil John Rhodes, he founded the Cape. The um, so he didn't find a found a whole country, but it was a the, a very large province in South Africa. And um, it's it's I think it's more about um, the feelings that people like you know currently as if the feeling of t- having your homeland taken away or well since you said they found a province in Africa and was mostly uh, in, yeah South Africa yeah so I would suppose I guess it kind of hit more at home and that's uh, where it would mm-hmm. emerge more personal feelings of like disrespect. Right, and the disrespect was felt on both sides. That's what's so surprising, and it reminds you that um, these are two valid histories, like the Af- the white South African and then the black South African, because the white South African felt really um, disrespected, you know? All right. Well, I can see your point of view here. It's so not my point of view. People don't have to understand me. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that's true. Um, I want to comment on what Ephraim had said about heritage and how uh, to, I guess, honor your heritage. I feel as though, at least for me personally, um, being both of my parents being from the Caribbean and then being born here in America, I identified more with my Caribbean heritage a lot more than being African-American. And I might even say, well, not to the point of being disrespectful to that heritage the african-american heritage but just seeing it with a mm, not the nicest of lenses and that would be toward the african-american and for some reason i think most caribbean people feel that way 
so being born here and realizing that of course I am African American because I was born here it hit me more in college that yeah though my parents have taught me these certain ways I didn't grow up in any island in anywhere so from the a different perspective than that Ephraim has since he was born um in the Philippines it's kind of like I have two worlds and I don't really know which one I belong to more or less so I think the history now becomes an identity issue where you relate more to what you feel you can identify more with because I really don't necessarily identify with the African-American that much I would say I I just had a flashback to a discussion we had at the very beginning of the school year when we guys we all got together and watched Black Panther and we had this massive discussion on what was the meaning behind it and what is what is the film's value and uh you know because we all have a lot of different perspectives I never actually got to point out that for a lot of people it's it's sort of something to connect to because when a lot of people have been removed in a sort of way from the heritage that they might otherwise claim uh, you know, it's very difficult to claim what your identity actually is when everyone around you is saying, well, this is part of my identity is where I'm from. So, um, you know, for me, uh, being Japanese, I always watched anime as a kid and I connected that as part of my identity. This is Japan that I've never been to there. You know, my, my parents aren't actually that Japanese at all. Like I speak more Japanese than my dad ever did because I watched anime. But like that was something I connected to because it was a way to connect to a part of that I felt should be a part of my heritage. I think that's a role that the movie Black Panther filled for a lot of black Americans is like, this is what I could have, even though it's you know, very much fictitious. And I guess uh, what, what part of it is, is you have to recognize which parts are worthy of being celebrated, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to my history, I can recognize the Japanese culture for being a beautiful thing. And at the same time, I can condemn, you know, war crimes. <laughs> that's right. It, there's a very easy line to draw in that regard, right? But... When it comes to other things, I feel like because a lot of people don't talk about these sorts of things, like what do, what am I okay with, what am I not, they haven't actually come to this point where they're like, okay, this is what I can be proud of in my history. And tying this back to what we talked about at the very beginning is what do a lot of people, white people in the South, have that they can connect to as regard to their history, right? Because I may have something, but what do they have when they think of what is white Southern history? Because... You know, when most of us think about that, all we think is, oh, slavery and the losers of the civil losers of the Civil War. Hmm. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I think that also we we could kind of even um reword the theme or the question a little bit to be like, can a person embrace a culture that has both good and bad in it? Because it seems that we are talking about our own cultures right and and many other things however we're highlighting both the positive and the negative aspects out of it so i think i i I could just say the question out to everyone here and be like you know can you embrace a culture because i could even say here like this is my own personal view like i can say that the filipino culture is not just all positivity there's also a lot of negativity in there and I could even say out of um, out of experience too that I have felt um, alienated um, from um, Filipino people just because they I speak because my accent is a little bit different 
and they know I'm f I grew up in the States, therefore my accent is different and just how I interact with people are different. However, I still identify as Filipino. So I guess, you know, I'm just going to run that out, run that out to everyone here. Um, I just, an answer just popped in my head. I think the answer to your question is what we honor all parts of our history, as you said, the good mm -hmm. and the bad. So <laughs> with our example, the South, I think it's more of them acknowledging what happened as in it was bad and this is related to slavery, but it's like they can still embrace it, but at the still, but at the same time. I would say, understand that it was wrong. Now, I wish we had someone here who was from the South because then they could go in more depth of yeah. the other, because I'm sure, I'm sure they have more culture than just slavery. Positive. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I also don't want to, like, if we always bring out the narrative that the South is, is just um, slavery, then I think we, we can't really go anywhere, If especially if you have people from the South that do want to be known for something else prior to that because you know coming from um transferring from virginia there is a thing called um southern hospitality mm -hmm. right and that is something that's really um widely known throughout the south um the southern hospitality is at hospital ah, i can't even talk right now right but you know what i'm saying so like you know they're, they're gonna treat you as one of your family if you are gonna visit right and they shower you with food and, and all that and you know I, I love southern food, y'all. I miss barbecue. <laughs> I just miss it. But um, but but that's the thing, though. Like you, you have, of course, that they you can they can never that region can never escape the identity of which you know that part of history was being associated with. However, like as we keep pushing this narrative of um trying to or just trying to give them that portrayal, I don't think we can get. We can't go anywhere as a nation unless we do honor or we do um, acknowledge, right? I think that's the most important part, mm -hmm. acknowledging um, that it's not just about slavery, but it's about um, bigger things, right? Because it, as a country, as a community, that's what we're trying to achieve. I think it also becomes when, do, when the, the other side, when does the other side begin to accept what, the other side is saying mm -hmm. so for example if someone says you know this statue means something different to me and someone says the statue means something different to me it's kind of them coming together to come to an understanding because i don't want to say of course i want to say you know tear down the statue but it's like well you need to see both perspectives in order to come to an understanding but i feel like certain compromise certain compromises I'm not sure if I would label them as good or bad because I think though we have an answer to the question, we really don't have an answer to the question right now. Uh, so another way to look at this problem could be if you use the example of Germany after World War One versus World War Two. Um, so after World War One, there was this sort of demonization of Germany with the Treaty of Versailles, a sort of like all out release against them, with all, all the horrible stuff that had happened. And you know, look at the reaction that happened. We got World War II. Whereas after World War II, Germany was sort of like welcomed into the global community of nations. And, you know, the history since then has been, you know, drastically different. Uh, if you compare that to what happened in the South after the Civil War, 
you know, it's like we still haven't decided which way we're going to go. Are we going to go in the way of World War One or World War Two? Are we going to continue sort of like dragging them out? It's like this is your only identity mm-hmm. is the Civil War. Or can we give you something new? Can you move on like Germany has after World War Two? Um, and that's sort of, you know, we still haven't made that decision. And I feel like as a society, we do need to get there. But also, how is that ever going to happen if no one ever talks about it? And if all we ever talk about when talking about racism is, you know, sort of making them the other to the one side of the story, is we're never going to get there. I should also mention, I got that directly from the article that we're talking about, which will be in the description. We will link it. Um, yeah, so tagging off what you guys all said. Um, so the beginning, you you asked it's impor- about embracing our history, right? So um, I think it's also important to like acknowledge, you know, that comes with embracing the history. Um, like embrace, so acknowledging, like you were talking about like positive and negative, right? You guys were talking about like the good and the bad of a culture. And um, you were giving the example of the South, and you were giving the example of Germany. Um, and uh, along with, like, tying in with embracing and acknowledging. Sorry, I'm trying to, like, word this all in my head. <laughs> so um, I think it's important to, like, acknowledge that, okay, yeah, um, part of your history or whatever history you guys acknowledge from whatever background you come from, that, like, yeah, there's always going to be, like, I guess, bad from the past. But then there's also good history to be made if that makes sense um with embracing like what you consider to be your history and that um it's always like history is always ongoing so we're always learning from history you guys always hear that like in your history classes like we've all taken history classes yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like it's always good to acknowledge like the good and the bad and yeah, history. Well, well, yeah, history repeats itself. But then you can also learn from history too, and yeah. like make sure it well, doesn't repeat the the itself. Yeah, yeah. 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 relatively ahead. consistent. <laughs> so yeah, like you were saying, we could learn to not repeat the same mistakes history has made, and I guess in this case, it would be to basically try and have more respect for each other's like individual history like uh pretty much since uh we all come from these type of diverse backgrounds that really end up uh making it hard to like basically come together to like make it clear for each side to basically sort out like what exactly was honorable during their history or what exactly affected the other's history negatively and basically try and hit on the negative points but i guess if we're only gonna get anywhere we need to try and i mean try and get anywhere and having more respect for each other's history we should try and like make it so that we could build on the better points basically making sure that the negative ones don't have to repeat i mean in a way of saying uh i guess if i have to say about my cultural history i uh, you know, as a Haitian that's uh, pretty much been born in America, I actually don't know how to speak Creole. So, pretty much, that kind of already says a lot about my what my cultural experience is. But, pretty much, uh, even so, I still, like, 
can understand exactly where some Haitians come from. Like pretty much how much French has influenced my culture. So like even though you know there's probably a lot of negatives that came with it, I can respect the positives like all the nice cultural dishes that came with it and the nice music we made, and pretty much build on that. So. I'd say we should always try and build on history because history is not meant to stop. It's meant to keep growing and to keep being recorded. The overall idea was celebrating your history and being able to accept the positives and negatives that come with your history and your heritage. So with that said, we are in Black History Month. So how do we go ahead and celebrate the positives and negatives in this month. Um, I know Stanley had a strong opinion on Black History Month. Yes, I do, and I'm going to say it. I don't. Please say it. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Go right ahead. I don't. I don't celebrate Black History Month. Why? Because it shouldn't be celebrated in one month. Black history is etched into my very being. I should be celebrating it on a regular basis, even if I'm lazy and I don't exactly do it on a basis. But even though it should have been a habit that I would eventually have done it in like a week, because the original person who had started this black history stuff once I pull out this phone that was hidden, hold on. His name was Carter G. Woodson. And it the Black History Month, which I'm not entirely sure of the details of how it got converted to a month, was actually con- started from the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And it was announced the second week of February to be Negro History Week. So... I actually agree with it being a week because one, I don't want to study my history for a month. I'm saying it outright. I don't want to learn about it for a whole month. So it's too much information. I'm going to have to pause you right there because now I'm confused. <laughs> um, you first no, no, said wait, wait. you should be celebrating. <laughs> you should be celebrating every single day, right? No, no. I said weekly. Like, like what I meant by weekly is that you should celebrate like a month like in a week like basically choose a week to celebrate like a month like a it's like a monk meditating for like a whole week for like one so you want a week instead of a month because you feel like more can be done in a week yes because you have you basically yes a week every month type of thing oh so you want a week every single month but not like as a holiday just personal or something because when it's a holiday you take out the meaning if you do put it to a holiday people will only see it as a holiday Basically, think of Christmas. You're not going to think of Christmas during summer. It basically... Christmas in July? <laughs> I think Christmas is Okay. So, I, I hear you. Thank you, Stanley. It's just... Thank you, Stanley. <laughs> so, I just want to make sure I got all of that. So, you want it to be a more personal thing for you and so that you can celebrate it for one week every single month. Just yes or no. That's all I need. Yes. 
Thank you. Okay. <laughs> because when it's a month, the meaning I, is lost. We get it, bro. We get it. No, 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 no. My guy. It's a brand. Yeah, 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 yeah. A corporate scheme. <laughs> Turn that mic off real quick. Oh my goodness. All right, all right. Go so ahead, go ahead, Karina. Way, that's how you feel. Go ahead, Karina. Okay. That's not what, yes or no. Thank you, Stanley. It is nothing but a Hey. What was I saying? Okay. Um. So I think that's a that's it's very interesting that you that you say that, but I don't think that that necessarily cheapens the experience for everyone else, right? Oh, so yeah, I don't necessarily be new to the Stanley, experience, like just seeing. I don't necessarily experience Black History Month in the same way that some of you guys might, but I do have Asian Heritage Month. There's also Pride Month. These are other things. And so far, talking to other people, I haven't met many people who have the same perspective as you. So I don't necessarily see how it being a month necessarily cheapens it so much as to necessitate. Necess- what is that word? Nece- necessitate? Necessity? Necessity. Nece- necessitate. That changing one. it to <laughs> a single week because I think even even a single week every single month is a bit too intensive for some people necessarily yeah I'm of the same perspective I will celebrate every day because I'm black every day but um I do enjoy the idea of black history month Okay, so yes, I just guess uh, the old, for people who are like more used to celebrating it to a month, and I guess other people that see it still as good celebrating it as a month, uh, yes, it still can be beneficial for them. But personally, I just see it as more as a more as basically taking. Okay, so you said there was uh, Asian Heritage Month, right? Yes, there is. In like which month? You know. Kind of important, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's in it's in the summer. I can't remember if it's May. It's May. It is May. May. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. June is June okay, is so. Pride Month, and May is May is Asian Heritage Month. Okay. Now. Okay. Now you see how you took a while to think of the month, right? Now let's link that into. It's been into a year, bro. Look, 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 look. It's but May. <laughs> Google says May. But think whenever you think of February for like a African American Cheyenne. Say, if you say an African American, you say February. Besides Valentine's Day, what else would they recommend? Would they think of? Black History Month. Exactly. Now this is where I'm putting my point here. You're basically labeling labeling February as basically also Black History Month, and it's more mainstream. This is what I'm trying to say. And because it's more mainstream. It's basically kind of being indicated that if you want to talk something about black history, you should probably save it for that month because that's the best time to talk about it. But for the other months, it's not really as mainstream. It's basically, I just think of it kind of limiting. Oh, I think that that point is absolutely correct. It does limit the black experience. But considering that what used to happen in history was that You did not learn about any African-American experience at all. I think for right now, it is a good first step in order to get everyone to be on the same page. You see where I'm going here, Stanley? See where I'm going? All right. I understand that. Yes, it's still good to basically have the month as a 
good first step so that you could basically become more introduced to what the black heritage is and i guess people who could basically need time to take it would take the whole month to find out about it but i just feel that once you sell once you become more used to it it's when you should try and depart from it and just kind of make your own type of personal study i suppose i would say i guess i would say don't celebrate black history month when you've already been introduced to it and you basically know the the deal like if you're already hearing the same five brand names like martin luther king jr malcolm x and rosa parks and basically just kind of not really going any deeper than the surface level then black history month would be kind of like being uh held back on like the eighth grade or something i don't know at the same time personally this like even now i i still learned about more people this this year uh in the dorm there's a calendar and every single uh every single day has a new figure in history right and so you know people i've never heard of before like benjamin banneker or well i did know about thurgood marshall because i'm from baltimore but right like all these different names that you know you never see before and so i feel like having a month is still it's long enough that you know new stuff gets brought up every single year right i also feel like in schools as far as i know me being having my internship at this high school i will not mention um it's been an experience in that i'm teaching my capstone unit on social movements and our first social movement that we are looking at next week is going to be civil rights but this week we've been looking at famous african americans who help influence the civil rights movement and i introduced them to a large amount of african americans and if you want me to send you that list for future reference I can. I would like some. I feel like a lot of these holidays, a lot of these holidays are are more for kids than they are for us, which sounds a bit juvenile. (laughs) Sorry. Um, I'm really upset with myself now. Um, Right. Like I I used to work at a daycare and uh, there were all these holidays that you've never even heard of. Like, uh, like National Ice Cream Day and National, like, well, there's a whole bunch of things, right? You've never heard of, like, celebrate your name day. There are things that you've never heard of, but these kids celebrate them. They don't celebrate them beyond the age of six, right? But when they're that age, it's a really good opportunity to use these things to teach kids about stuff that they've not experienced before. And so I remember being in elementary school, having this entire month, it was a very educational month. There was a specific focus on black history. And when you're growing up and for kids, it's an absolutely amazing experience. And so maybe it doesn't have that same effect now that we're older, but I think for the younger generations that are going through that process now, it's a very cool experience. Let me, um, let me go through the list of, ooh, sorry. I had to bring this big laptop to the table. Taking up a whole lot of space, I'm sorry. Um, the list of the famous African-Americans I came up with for my students this last week, and they did an amazing job. <laughs> The list, sports, Jackie Robinson, Jim Brown, Bill Russell, Muhammad Ali, Jack Johnson, Fitz, Paul Deere, hope I said that right, Sammy Davis Jr., Stephanie Baker, Paul Robinson, oh, these are entertainers now, Sidney Poitier, Dick Gregory, Lena Horne, Harry Belafonte, Mahalia Jackson, Lakeston Hughes, Nina Simone, Ella Baker, James Meredith, Bayard Rustin, 
We have politics, John Lewis, Thurgood Marshall, educators, W.E.B. Du Bois, Booker T. Washington, and activist section with Ruby Bridges. Um, sports again, Hank Aaron. Let's see what else I have here. And another activist, Mega Evers. So to combat what you were saying before about it only being, you know, the same three people every uh, Black History Month, because we are eventually going to get to Malcolm X and Martin Luther King in this unit. But I noticed that too, that every Black History Month, we only talk about the two or three same people. But there are so many people who influence the civil rights movement, and I think they are important too. So what I'm what what I'm hearing from both of you guys, well, from everyone else here, is like we're emphasizing the um, the academic aspect of the month, right? You're you're emphasizing um, the the different characters, the the important figureheads, you know, people that influence um, our history, the history of the U.S. And that that is that is what I'm hearing from everyone. Of course, everyone has their own opinion on what Black History Month is. And for the entirety of of the of the question that it all relates to, which is you know embracing or um, how do we react to um, one's culture or one's history that all have positive and negative um, aspects is that that's the question that's like open for everyone. But I'll be like, okay, guys, thank you for listening, and um, for this discussion, um, the majority of it regards on how. How does one perceived um, your own culture and your own history? And we have learned also that there are negatives for um, for history as a whole, but there's also positives. And from what I've gathered is there's usually two reactions, right? Um, th- that a person or individual or how society will react to one, where they'll re- they will react in a way that you know, that's unfortunate, you know, when it comes to negative history, that's unfortunate. It's horrible that something like this happened. It's horrible that, you know, the effects are still being suffered today. And, you know, how can we ever move on? And that is like, you know, that'll be an ongoing debate and argue and, you know, for for the years to come, for the past, present and future. Whereas the other the other perspective would be, you know, that yes it is unfortunate it is a bad thing that happened however this is the history that has made who we are as a person uh, i mean as a as a country and with that being said we could move out from that and we could focus on the more positive things right because in the end we can't change the history but we can change the future and that is the biggest thing that people you know, should always look out for. And that's what makes it better. Um, With that being said, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode.